Parenting and Parents on 702. In our Parenting and Parents feature for today, we're talking sibling conflict in adulthood. And if you're wondering why you're talking about siblings in a Parenting and Parents conversation, well, we'll make the connection for you shortly. Joining us for this conversation, girlfriend, clinical psychologist, parent expert, and NLP in childhood development. Gail, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Lebo. Thanks very much. It's really awesome to be here. Such a nice topic. And I've been wanting to talk about this for a while after coming across, um, I think he was a psychologist or a therapist who was sharing in a video online, I think he's uh, from the States, how every time he meets adults who have terrible conflict with their siblings or even younger younger kids with it's like not the normal sibling issues but like very serious he says for him the cause is always going to be pinned on the parents because for him that is a result of bad parenting and I thought I had never looked at it that way and when I started to look at the different kinds of people in my life and their relationships with their siblings and I realized hmm now that I think about it a lot of the issues in the relationships between the siblings was around how they were treated in the household by the parents. And I get it. And on the one hand, I I don't blame parents because you should not treat all children, in my view, the same, because we're not the same. You need to um, apply specifically to their personality. You can't say, well, this template worked for firstborn, so it must work for, for everybody. But at the same time, I'm also like, yeah, but parents, there are certain things where you do have to exercise fairness. So to, to start off with, can you set the scene for us as to how households can contribute to siblings having issues with one another to the point where, and let's let's speak from the first point of siblings that are growing up in the same household before we branch out to half-siblings and all of this, that they have such difficult relationships, particularly in adulthood. Absolutely. And you are so right. All the struggles in relationships with siblings as adults, a lot of it does stem from the childhood, from the parenting. And you're right. It's not really about making the parents wrong. It's just if you think about it in all aspects of life, we go through and we learn skills. But if you think about it, none of us are taught how to parent. And I think it's not parents intentionally screwing up their children. It's more about them not having the skills on understanding what they do by the way they're parenting. So mm-hmm. yes, every single, the way parents' expectations are of their children in terms of um, how they must interact with each other, that sets up the patterns of behavior and interactions for the rest of their, their life. So mm-hmm. it's, for example, what parents' expectations are like if the adult and um, the older child has to be the good one and accommodate the younger one. Mm-hmm. That is a pattern that develops and it can cause um, relationship issues. So it's the parents' expectations of how the children have to interact that develops the patterns which causes the conflict mm. as young kids and as older um, adults. I'm thinking about common scenarios also around how boys are treated versus girls in the home where um, in many homes um, the girls are given more responsibility, for example, with household chores and things like that than the boys. And then the more rare um, situations where um, you may have, let's say, 
um, a child in the home who has special needs and then the other children tend to feel neglected or the scenarios where there's a lot lum that comes into now the older siblings are not just deputy parents, they're expected to contribute to the parenting. So there's so many um, scenarios that can contribute to a certain type of resentment that now just grows. Because how do you articulate to your parent that, listen, I know that my brother, you know, is physically challenged and he's in a wheelchair or my this other person has an autoimmune disease and all the tension is there, but I also need my parents. Absolutely. It is such, and I've got personal experience of that. Um, Mm. In my home, I had a special needs child and he had an older brother. Mm. And it is the dynamic of understanding that is what actually got me into the profession of what I do, where Mm. I'm working with family relationships and parenting. It is a dynamic and that's the saddest part is that how we can't expect a young child to be able to articulate that with the parents. That is where my whole thing is that parents really need to come and learn this skills and understand what they're developing because all the children need is that attention from their parents and you know my example was my oldest son took responsibility because I was also a single parent mm. so it was he, my, my, the special needs child did get more attention mm. than he did his pattern to learn was he became an achiever, he became the one that would um, be the parentified and do the role mm. model because that way he got good validation from me wow. But it's about understanding how that can impact later on because children choose roles in order for their... in order for them to get attention. So one child could fight out to get negative attention. Another child can choose like my son did. But then if you land up moving into that pattern of role where he took responsibility, then he learns to take responsibility for other people. And in adult world, that doesn't work. Or he mm. learns to overachieve, but then if he doesn't get the validation from that achievement, then he's not happy with himself. Mm. So it's really about... Us as parents, it's not up to the child to be able to um, articulate that. It's up to us as parents to really realize what we, what a big role we're playing in the mm. development of how our children feel and and interact. I so love and appreciate your, you know, sharing in your self awareness specifically with your son and understanding the repercussions of of. Yes, the child becomes the overachiever, but understanding that in adulthood that creates other problems, Absolutely. even though um, parents generally will use, are they doing okay in school or are they smoking or bunking as the measure? But we're not looking at the ones who are actually struggling, but there's no telltale signs. Um, I want to sort of go back to before a child um, becomes a sibling. What are some of the common mistakes or maybe blind spots that you think parents find themselves with from the time when they know they're expecting a little one and preparing the children in the home for a new child. I know now, you know, the millennials are quite woke and conscious with going to therapy, checking with child psychologists. How do we prepare this little one? They're intentionally doing individual dates with their children, but not everybody has that mindset. And even there, there are blind spots. What are some of the things that should be happening if there's a child who, they're the only child, that's the only life they know. Now they're in early childhood development years. 
and there's a new little one coming in and it's like, who's this person taking my place? Yes. Like my mom used to say, it uh, tells me often how when my younger brother was born, even though I had an older brother, because now I was used to being the baby, I would want to push him out the way and say like, you're taking my, pl- that's my place. Yes, it's, it is absolutely, it is so valid. It all goes back to, you know, the biggest thing is to teach your children the meaning of the situation. So very often we as parents, we're trying to facilitate that moment, like stopping you from pushing your brother away. Mm. But that is a powerless approach. The key is to get you to understand, to be going, actually, and I love you. And it's about understanding, it's about teaching and acknowledging your children. The same goes, is when a mom has her new child and she's needing to breastfeed or she's needing to look after it's not like when you for example now want to retention she actually can't give it in that moment mm. so it's the power of having after conversations and being intentional with facilitating your child's meaning so the way you prepare your child for a newborn is to be teaching them the one thing is to be teaching them that they are going to have shared attention it's about being real to be going I know you always had all the attention and now you're going to have a brother and it doesn't mean that I love you less and drawing their attention to Mm. when you are giving them and meeting their needs and it's a life lesson for them to learn that in life we don't get all the attention so Mm. it's okay they can be okay in themselves even if they're not getting the attention all the time and it's that Mm. satisfaction that they can be okay and they get their needs met is where the the results come or the the peace is it positive? Um, you know, I've seen many parents sharing the thing of they gift the siblings something like you're getting promoted to big sister, big brother. Um, are those things positive? And, and maybe what are the things you can suggest to the expectant parents right now who are like, we've been trying to tell this little person that there's someone new and they just don't want to accept. Or it's, accept yeah. You know, it's such a, it's a hard question. And my answer to that is the moment we're trying to compensate and add a reward or add a, there you're adding a role. And what does that role mean to them? Mm. You know, that's where you're formulating their sense of identity around now I'm a big sister, but then in another scenario where they aren't, then who are they? So I would avoid. Ooh, that was so deep. <laughs> that was so deep. So, so my feeling is, you know, it, it stems down to a parent's biggest need is for our children not to be upset or for our children to just grasp that concept. But if you've got a little toddler who's getting a new baby um, brother or sister, it's going to take them time to learn and understand. Mm. We can't get them to just expect that it's going to be okay. So as a mom's role or a parent's role, it's to be in acceptance that they're uncomfortable and to every time that they're uncomfortable is to give them that validation and train that they can be okay regardless of what's happening here. Mm. That's where their sense of self gets settled. We can't expect them to just know how to do it. I always say it's like when you drive a car, you're driving a car and in the beginning, you don't just get in and know how to do it. It takes time. Mm. But now we expect our children to just have one conversation and just be not unhappy about it. Mm. It doesn't work. It's a development of perception that creates the peace. Mm. And our role is to just have one conversation at a time and allow the space for the discomfort. Okay, and um, um, the, 
was a question that had come through, um, and I'm, I'm going to take the questions on 072-702-1702 and your calls on 011-883-0702. Before I jump to the questions, I want to fast forward now to yeah. adulthood. Yes. As you said, certain precedents get set earlier on. Okay, this one likes to be independent, so we're not going to shower this one with as many hugs and kisses. The yes. one like Rileb is like, that's my place, get out of the way. And uh, the little brother who just wants to climb trees, precedents get set about who gets what kind of attention and all of those things. Fast forward to adulthood, and I'm so, so grateful. I'm very, very close with my siblings, and we've had conversations of events How where awesome. we're like, what? Is that what you thought? Oh, no, that's not what it was like. Oh, no, that's not what it's like. And we had to form new types of relationships as adults. And we are very, very close and we have a friendship. But I have seen so many scenarios where I, for me, I cannot relate to stories of like people saying, you know, my husband had an affair with my sister. I'm like, what kind of siblings do you guys have? Or like, you know, my sister stole from me and these type of things. So where do you think, where does it, all get lost that thing of the sibling is it because maybe how some people view siblings it's it's not that deep like what is it because I, I i struggle to connect with that thing of not having contact with a sibling and i've never been in a position where i have such a difficult sibling that i've had to cut them off or a difficult relationship Yes, it's quite a, that's a, that's quite an in-depth question. You know, the, the way I see it is that it comes to an acceptance to go, this is what happened in childhood. And as an adult, we've got to start to decide what we actually really want mm. and how important relationships are. You know, you talk too about the level of trauma that goes on. If, if you have deeper trauma, it's harder as an adult to go and look and repair and go, well, how do we want this relationship to be? At the end of the day, we've got to be accepting of each person's perception of what happened in childhood and then decide from there, what do we actually want as adults? Depending on the trauma and depending on what you want, if you're wanting a relationship as an adult with your sibling, it's about the journey to go and to go and unpack like you guys have had those conversations. Mm. The key part of those conversations is that you are able to talk about your different perceptions and that you allowed space for both mm. and now you're choosing how you're doing it going forward. Mm. That is that is actually the key. And I have to also add to the fact that we also, the three of us, had to recognize that our parents were different people when they had each of us. So where we were treated differently, you know, the older sibling will feel like, oh, you guys had it easier. They were strict with me. And then the younger one will feel like, wow, you guys had this. We also had to recognize our parents were literally not the same people every time they had a child. They were in a different financial position. They were in a different. So the comparison thing does not work. But I want to jump now to some of the questions that are coming through on the WhatsApp line. Zandi says, Lebo, my mother openly treated my sister as a favorite and that made my sister bully and mistreat her other five siblings terribly. Now that I'm out of the home and no longer bullied by her, I tolerate her, but she still has the deputy parent syndrome when there are gatherings. What would you like to respond to, Zandi? Um, what I'd like to respond is in a place like that, I'd like to ask her, what actually does she want? Mm. So from my side of things, um, the key is to get clear in what she wants from that place. It's a case of when her sister is 
being that depu- that parent or still holding that role, her job is to actually to decide whether she is willing to, um, whether she wants comfort in the moment or whether she's willing to put her boundary in. The key here is for her to learn that she gets to choose whether she tolerates or what she mm. tolerates there. And when she learns the skill on how to push back, if that's what she wants, she, her ability to learn the skill to push back can shift that relationship. As long as she's also not trying to influence the way her older sister is bullying the other children mm. because that's not her responsibility. She can only take to go, what do I want here and what skills do I need to learn to push back so it doesn't happen between her and me? And that can absolutely shift. Oh, this is so deep. Okay, another one. I have an older half-sister who is 14 years older than me. We don't share a father. And even when I was young, we were never extremely close. We now only literally send each other birthday messages. And that is the extent of our communication. Over 30 years ago, while she was having a fight with my mom, uh, while I was in the room, she told my mom I get treated like a princess. I was still a child then. Even after all this time, that statement hurts because I feel like she resents me and I've never gotten over it. It has never been discussed. Oh, sure. How hurt, How sad. It's just to go and send her a hug right here. Yeah. You know, my, my feeling there is for her to learn to just give herself love there. The hurt in her is what's needed is the love there. We can't always choose how other people see us. But the, the, the sense of peace in her comes where she can go, actually, was I a princess brat or was I that? Mm. And the answer is no. Our inner voice or how we see ourselves has to be deeper than what other people's perspectives are. And so the hurt gets settled by our own validation. Then the question is, does she actually want a relationship with her sister? The, the, the part with adult relationships like that is really hard because we don't have control. We don't, it's not up to us whether they want that. If somebody else holds resentment towards us and they are not willing to go and work on the relationship, we have to come to an acceptance. It's an acceptance to go, I did my best. It's an acceptance to go, I will leave the door open for you if mm. ever you want to come. I would really love it. It's about voicing our truth of what we want mm. and allowing them to make the choice and be acceptance. Mm. All right. Um, there is a message that's come through. Annette from Centurion is asking, what if there is another child who is a drug addict and takes up all the attention? And I've heard these stories where um, we, we know that addiction is the sickness that bleeds into the entire family. Absolutely. Um, what would you like to respond? They're not sharing if they are the parent or they are the child, but let's speak in general, maybe what parents could be cognizant of totally. where you're dealing with a situation like that. And I've heard of scenarios where the children in the home say, I'm sorry, we don't care that he, he or she has gone to rehab now the 10th time, but we need a sense of normalcy in our lives. And the parent had to make the difficult to dis- decision to say you can't come back. Yes. Yes. And sometimes the difficult decisions are the most important. You know, in that place, from a parent's perspective, easier said than done, 
the parent is the one who has to hold the boundaries. So when it comes to addiction and that kind of thing, very often the parent wants to make it better and they'll want to or maybe they'll accommodate and accommodate and accommodate. But the more they accommodate and bring the child back over and over again, what they're doing is they're enabling the behavior. So sometimes the the harder harder boundaries is important. You know, there they would need to go to the guidance of the Alcoholics Anonymous and go and go, how do you put those boundaries in place? From a perspective of how you deal with the other children, it's about a a parent really understanding and feeling that they are confident that they are balancing. That if Mm. they, you know, it's a case of listening to the other siblings and going, forming a way that, yes, maybe they get a bit more attention or they get the accommodation, but how it impacts the other children is very important. And also to give the children the space to be able to voice their discomfort is also important. Mm, mm. Um, I would really, really love to extend an invite to you in advance for a part two because I think there's a part of the conversation and some of the questions we didn't get to with regards to adult sibling relationships and what I think the conversation needs to be around is if you get older and you discover you have siblings outside of the home that you're not aware of, because that happens quite often, and you find out that the parents themselves are not trying to create a relationship, what can siblings do if they want to have relationships? Because maybe the child is a product of an affair or... It's just the father didn't say. Sometimes people meet their siblings at the gravesite during a funeral. And I think um, those can also be terribly difficult conversations, not just from the perspective of the child who wasn't in the main home that feels they didn't, they didn't get a father, whatever the case may be, but also the child who maybe did get everything and is carrying the survivor's guilt of the whole experience. So I hope um, you will um, join us for the second part of that conversation and we will save the messages that have come through of um, people sharing the challenges that they have with their siblings as adults. And you can also email us at 702 afternoons at 702.co.za. Gail, thank you so much and I hope you will come back. Yes, it'll be <laughs> lovely to come back. That is such a really nice topic to actually unpack some more. It's really about learning to separate, you know, what's happened in the past to going how and what do we want to do going forward. And it's about listening, you know, whether it was the resentment or the guilt. Mm. It's about listening to it and getting a sense of self before you actually interact. The circumstances don't define us. The best advice I received um, is something my older brother said to me. He said, listen, these people have lived their lives. They're not going to be here at some point and all we're going to have is each other. So we need to figure out what that life is going to look like, especially if we want to still be in each other's lives. And I, I hope it can be a conversation for healing for the many that are listening. And I look forward to you coming back. That sounds awesome. Thank you very much.